let's talk about sex. Welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio. It's we are glad you're here. It is so fascinating, Gina, that here it is. This is episode 100. Yes, so, two years of doing this show together, mm-hmm. two years of talking sex and marriage and relationships, and we finally met face-to-face for the first time last week. Absolutely. It's unbelievable to, to think about. I mean, I'm leaving to head out you know, to the conference that's near your neck of the woods, and yep. my wife says... Oh, so you're going to get to meet Gina finally. I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool. We get to go have dinner probably and just finally see each other face-to-face and talk. And and she's like, wow, you're going to go meet the woman you've talked about sex with more than me. (laughs) Like, Like, wait, 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 wait. I think we've talked about sex a lot, honey. So My, My favorite moment was when we FaceTimed her. Not to say hey to Pam. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, walking through the 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 conference area, it, but that was very cool to finally meet up. And of course, you yeah. know, we're meeting up right before the final show. I know, which was great for me because I got to meet people. I, you know, I was like, I was interviewing people in my head who could take my place and <laughs> and take it much farther than I would. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. So in case you haven't, if you're late to this whole party that we have going on with with married life and sex and all the different things that we try to cover and help people make the absolute fabulous sex in their marriage. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to continue. It's just we're transitioning so that Gina is stepping away to pursue some other things. And so Sexy Marriage Radio is going to be me for a little while. And then we'll kind of have some guest hosts and we'll have some, you know, emailers and some callers and we're just going to see where this thing goes because sexy marriage radio as a whole is not going away that's right just the hosts are changing Mm. so it's it's been a great run by the way it's been a good time we've learned a lot absolutely we've covered a lot of ground i mean i was looking through all the archives and i had Mm -hmm. a couple of different things just really jump out and then i want to transition right back to where you left off last week with the show Mm. But one of the things that I, I still absolutely love about our journey together, Gina, has been the phrase that you and Paul use to, to lighten the mood. And I, I have stolen this so many times that just the whole, we have a little tense moment between Pam and I, and I will just quickly, or she will now too, I'll say, you coming on to me? Love that exactly. phrase because it just changes the whole feel of what's going on between us. It does change the feel. In our house, it gets used in a really frustrating moment as well, as in following, doggone it, the toilet is all clogged up again. <laughs> hey, are you coming on to me? Or else Paul might say, ooh, I love it when you talk sexy. Oh, yes, that's perfect right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. I'm glad you have found that helpful it's it's been a very helpful phrase just because it 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 helps i don't know because it's the whole one of the whole premises of sexy marriage radio has been the idea that how you do life is how you do sex and how you do sex sex. is how you do life and so since they're so interwoven and connected 
it seems like if you can, you know, recognize that we're having, we have a good time with a lot of areas. And I know, I know a lot of listeners say this, so we're, we're, our, our marriage is great, but our sex life isn't. But if you can start to see how they blend and how they connect, maybe that starts changing it. You can realize, wait, 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 we have a lot of fun and laughter outside of the bedroom. Yeah. How can we incorporate that into the bedroom? And I, I think it's easier than we think. We just haven't really thought of it in those, in that framework. Well, and the power of that phrase that we just talked about is, you know, what you call a pattern interrupt. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of remaking your relationship is interrupting a pattern. And that's my whole work in anxiety, right. you know, interrupting a pattern from a trigger that causes anxiety to your body's response. And so that's one way in a certain moment, you just say something to change your response. But sometimes when you're looking at your life and you're looking at your relationship at what's really stressful, you don't realize what's triggering it. Right. And so that was something that I touched on at the close of last week, how that was sort of a eye-opening moment after one of our shows for me personally. Okay. Well, bring us up to speed because that was a big tease. You know, that was the big, was hey, hang oh, on till next week because... I don't remember it being a tease. Well, not a I tease. Think I, had, I think I had said that something from the show was really big to me and it came in response to us having the conversation about when a man pouts for not getting sex and then he becomes very childish and his wife then looks at him and thinks gosh he's acting like a child which makes me feel like a mother that's definitely not erotic feeling it's mm -hmm. not sexy and so as you said that, I thought, well, some guys would respond by pouting and becoming childish, but the man I'm married to just gets angry. And, and so later I realized I'm the one that feels like a child when he's angry. And it had never occurred to me before. And so, of course, as a woman, I don't feel sexy when I feel like a little child. I don't mm -hmm. want to have sex with somebody that seems overbearing and I feel like a little girl. And I thought, where does that even come from? Because I... I don't feel like I have any baggage or, you know, right. and suddenly it was this crystal clear memory that, that came to my mind and the memory was so painful that I, I just really started sobbing and I realized that it had been in the back of my mind for a long time. And it was just one, like the only mini violent scene I'd ever seen in my house. Right. And, and so it was Growing something up. that had, Right. When I was just, I was 14, right. which seems pretty old. But at the moment, I was really terrified seeing this exchange between my parents and seeing my dad get so angry. And I realized that I'd never had healed that. And so just knowing it consciously didn't make a difference to me. I, because I once I knew, it didn't mean I could say, oh, Paul's anger will never bother me again. Because Paul's not violent by any means, and right. neither is my dad. Right. But... I had to take time to just do the work that I do with my clients. Like I said, just healing the memory, just breathing through it, totally changing the pattern from how I see anger to how I respond. Mm -hmm. And so I, I found that just really, really helpful to where I could then relive every time that I'd seen Paul get angry, things that before really triggered my shutdown and mm -hmm. my disgust and my anger and be able to respond the way my daughter does when she sees anger, which is, oh, stop it. 
she has no paradigm for fear. Right. So it was really beautiful. At least especially with that emotion. Exactly. So it was beautiful to see that we can always grow and change. And in a way, it was beautiful to think that we've raised our daughter with no paradigm of of fear or intimidation. Yeah. That makes me proud too. That's, she's she's 18. That's a great thing. And that's that's what's so interesting because it seems like the way our psyche evolves that, you know, we, as, as a child, we figure out ways to survive. And right. in the moment, they make complete sense. And then as we carry that forward, sometimes it starts being not as beneficial and it, it can even turn into something that's detrimental. But it's a coping mechanism, you know, it's that lizard brain kind of stuff that's just deep down that we just react. And so For it's sure. really cool that as we grow, it seems like we hit, because I know this happens in my life, we hit these levels where we're ready to start to take on something different, you know, something new to be born in us that it's like, okay, I'm ready to handle this now, or I'm ready to bring this out into the open and see what happens. And I'm and it's just fascinating how we grow and evolve as people. Because I know you and I, in our journey together, you know, I've had things where I've, I've taken from you, not just the idea of, are you coming on to me? <laughs> right. Which that's a great one for the levity of it. But just more of that idea of of owning your own power, owning owning mm-hmm. your own presence. And, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, man, it doesn't matter what situation we're in, does it? That. Exactly. That that can that can shape and change everything. Exactly. And so many people are aching for a change in their sex life, in their marriage, in their circumstance. And what you just said, you know, you're ready to bring something out into the open is one of just two ways that your life changes. Your life changes when something new comes into you or when something new comes out of you. Right. And so that's so powerful. And I, I love the thought that we've been able to help trigger that for our listeners. Yeah. And the, the emails we get from listeners that say, you know, hey, I've listened to all of the shows or I, I listened so. to this and I and I got this. And, and when you said, hey, go ahead and, and keep trying, let go of attachment to outcome. You know, that's one yeah. that we've beaten to death. <laughs> <laughs> I will still, I will say it. Forever. Yeah, it's going to be, if we were doing episode 1000, that would still be a theme <laughs> through it all mm-hmm. because it's so vital that we can get so caught up in what we expect to occur that we, it determines what we do as opposed to flipping that and, and being who we are rather than what, what we do. And that's, that's an interesting thing is just kind of got this from the conference I was at in Nashville that. We often think we're determined by by what we do, right? Men but, especially, but sure. Keep going. But reality is, we're 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 our identity is more determined by who we are, and then what we do. We we well, most we people don't know it. that, right? We switch it that we right. think, well, this is what I do, so that's what I am. Well, no, not necessarily. And if you can keep the perspective of everything's on, you know, my responsibility is me. And going after what I want, being who I am, seeking my desire, being being caring and loving and powerful, that changes everything. Well, it does change everything. And it reminds me that so many people who responded to my survey about their biggest issues with their sex life, the huge amount said their struggle is their self-image and their self-esteem. And so a lot of time as a woman, we 
take on our self-esteem from our relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we take things very personally that have happened to us. Mm -hmm. And so like I had just one traumatic event as a teenager. So out of my whole idyllic childhood that seriously affected my marriage, which made my heart go out all the more to women who have uh, dysfunction after dysfunction. And there's a lot to overcome. Yep. So the greatest power in your self-esteem is exactly what you said, knowing who you are, especially, I don't know how you find that power outside of, you know, being a child of God and being created in the image of God Mm -hmm. and being completely forgiven and righteous right now, just like you are without Mm -hmm. having to change. And so that's so empowering. It, it will change everything when you shift the power from giving it to other people to determine how you feel about yourself right. to really receiving unconditional love so it can flow through you and change every situation. Yep. And it's, it's that idea of we are in the process of becoming all Absolutely. the time, you know, so it's, it's owning where you are. Once, once we get these new realizations, once we get these ideas of like in my life, in my married life, I, I think of when I, caught the realization of man i am very very passive i'm i'm a nice guy mm-hmm. you know in a bad sense not a, just right. a good man i'm i'm a nice guy that i'm i'm, I'm too timid i'm you know i'm manipulative i'm i'm too you know all the things that can happen when you just don't really put yourself out there when i came to that realization it was one of those like a punch in the gut but it was also a moment of clarity mm-hmm. that it's like oh that hurt but I have a different way forward now. I, I, yeah. I, I have a new path that I can explore. And man, that's exciting to think about. It is exciting. And I think our listeners who were with us heard me say that there was a period even recording this show when my husband came back from the Gulf. He's a Navy reservist mm-hmm. that our marriage went to me. It felt like through hell for sometimes weeks at a time. I thought this is over. And um, that was baffling and painful and there was times in our having to look at what is going on here and where's all the pain here that I saw the same thing right like holding the the mirror to myself Mm -hmm. and thinking oh no I don't like who I you know I never saw it I didn't see it I didn't see where I was being this hurtful in this relationship and you're right. We don't, none of us likes to see it. You feel punched in the gut. You feel <laughs> shameful. You feel regretful, but it's glorious to be able to grow and change. And that's why we're such proponents of sticking with the marriage. Right. You, you don't get to these levels by just chucking the marriage and trying with somebody new. Right. You're going to face all the same stuff and you've already probably covered a lot of ground with the mate you have right now. Right. And that's, yeah, that's the idea that the person most capable of mm-hmm. giving you the best sex possible already, already climbs into bed with you every night. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. may not seem like that, that that's a possibility, but in reality, it's true, which there's a phrase you said in within the last couple of shows, actually, Gina, that I absolutely loved. And we actually had somebody hop on sexymarriageradio.com and leave a comment on this of divorce that marriage, not that spouse. Oh, absolutely. That's a great Thank phrase. you for catching that. Yes, that's a great phrase to think of. Okay, we even have a formal divorce ceremony 
if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of no, okay, honey, you and I, we are going yeah. to do things different. And, and for sure I am. Yeah. I don't know what that means and how, what that means for us and how things are going to shape out. But man, I, I'm not giving up on this, but I am giving up on the way we've done it. Yeah, we kind of came to that point. Yeah. And Paul was real big on saying, why don't we just start over? Why don't we work on our friendship? Uh, I was so mad. I'm, I don't need a friend. I have Kelly Claypool. I have girlfriends <laughs> for friendship. He goes, gosh. But it was really valuable. And being able to heal a relationship that was really, really uh, irrationally painful right. is is a, a miracle in a way, or it's something that makes me care about marriage. Well, and those are also things, uh, if you think about it developmentally, when we go through steps and processes of change, there's discomfort involved. Yeah. So even when the things that are going on are good, it, mm -hmm. it brings out things that are, that are tough. You know, I, I think of, um, there's a, you know, I, I'm a big proponent or a big believer in, in Dr. Schnarch's work mm -hmm. and, and love his philosophy. And he's actually coming through Dallas next year and doing a couple enrichment workshop. Okay. That's not intended for professionals. It's, it's intended for couples. Right. And I, he's been doing this for years. So it's based on his research and his approach. And so I saw it. And it's like, hey, I'm going to call up Pam and let's see if she wants to go. And I, and I figured she's going to be interested in going, but there's part of me that's scared to go because the, the therapist in me knows, okay, that could mean some things get a little worse at times <laughs> before it gets wow. better, just because it's uncomfortable. And so when I call her up and say, Hey, Schnarch is coming in town, doing a couple's workshop. Do you want to go? And she's, Oh yeah. I didn't even hesitate. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I knew you were going to say that. And now I'm kind of scared because what does that mean for us and the work we have to do? But also, what does that mean on what could be? You know, oh, that's what, very good. What, what, what depth could now grow and, and heights could we reach that we weren't even prepared for yet? And so it's just that idea of we are all in the process of becoming that I hope people get loud and clear from Sexy Marriage Radio that this is a process you know, sex isn't the end all be all of a relationship. No, it's just, it's one of the very first things you said, probably before we even did this show, when we just did a call together was when you said that sex can be a barometer of a relationship and a healer of a relationship, which is why we just said, well, let's try to help people heal that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm so happy this show's just going to continue and help people heal what is often a barometer of maybe your vulnerability, your ability to stay strong. But listen, all of us have so many areas of our life, you know, how strong we are with people, how strong we are in our career. Sometimes it doesn't translate to how strong you are in your most intimate, vulnerable sex life, because it's one place that is so vulnerable, but you can really uh, raise your confidence and power level mm -hmm. in every area of your life. That's our goal. Yep. Because it, it is that idea of when we get close to somebody, well, it's, it can be scary. You know, we, we can only tolerate so much intimacy. You know, you, you right. could be listening to this wherever you are. And thank you, by the way, for listening to us, but you could be listening to this 
and saying, oh, no, no, I, I love intimacy. I can all, I could stay with my spouse in those cuddling moments and those really close knit quarters for hours and hours and days and days and days. And I'm sitting there saying, no, you couldn't. There's going <laughs> to be a limit. Could. There's going to be a threshold to it. Yeah. Or if you could, your spouse definitely couldn't. You're not going <laughs> to be on the same plane. They're trying to figure out a way to get away, to get some yeah. space. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why there's so much fear of intimacy. And those are some of our, that was one of my favorite shows when we talked about, when we talked about what's your fear or overcoming fear of mm -hmm. intimacy, because it's so worth pressing through that. You know, at what point do you get uncomfortable? Well, discomfort is a huge trigger of eroticism. That's why you, you get a little bit of adrenaline. That's why when you get bored, you miss that. You're like, right. oh, I'm just not feeling it. Well, yeah. you're not you're not making yourself more present right. or more vulnerable or more transparent. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest killers of passion in marriage is all the monotonous, meaningless time we spend together. Because mm. it's just how else are you going to trigger some of those things if you're doing the same thing day in and day out together and it's really not pointing towards anything lasting and meaningful and legacy and changing and you know it's, it's just amazing how, how we have evolved as humans in this of we no longer have to go out and be hunter gatherer right. and, and kill our food to survive today and we we don't Typically, everything in our world is, is fairly safe. Right. You know, it's, there's not a whole lot of tendency or likelihood you could die because some animal or predator comes after you. So it just, it, be, it evolves to, wow, what show are we watching tonight? You know, <laughs> what, what latest gossip from the magazines did you hear about today? And, and if you look at it, those aren't really lasting things. No. And so if you want more passion in your bedroom, you, it will help you to ask yourself, where am I living with passion right. outside of the bedroom? Right. And if, if you, your answer is nowhere, then see what you can take off your plate or you can raise your engagement level and raise your passion level. And if you find an area, like you said, one time you realize that you're passionate about playing basketball, bring that same passion and aggressiveness and up, power presence mm -hmm. to your mate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that answers that question of help. My spouse says I'm boring. What am I supposed to do? Well, are you boring? <laughs> <laughs> then don't be boring. Live, live a great, fun, exciting life, even outside of the context of your spouse. Yeah, man, gentlemen, we just want to encourage you. Corey touched on it earlier. Passivity, I would say, is your greatest enemy. And it's so easy in our culture. You just want to break. You work mm -hmm. hard outside the house. You just want to to not have to work at maybe this relationship or at, at sex. You want sex to be your stress reliever, which is great. But, you know, look at where am I passive? Am I passive in engaging with the kids? Am I passive in pursuing my wife? Am I passive in creating significance and a legacy? If, if so, that will be your biggest enemy, mm -hmm. not a lot of other stuff that you're worried about. So get engaged with your life and it will make you so sexy to your woman. Because everything we do, we make meaning out of.
And if we don't make yeah. meaning out of it, our spouse does. So that idea yeah. of I want sex for release and anxiety, you know, just to help release my anxiety a little bit. Well, I could think of times where Pam would be on board with that. Sure. Where, where she would be totally, okay, this is about you. I'm cool with that. But if that's all it was, well, no wonder she would start saying no when I would initiate or bring something up. Because she's more than just a receptacle. You know, she, she's a partner. She's a, a lover. She's her own being. And so it, it's realizing what we do and what meaning does that, do we place on it? Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily um, have to be a negative meaning. Yeah. So if something's always triggering your you feeling turned off or shut down, you might want to re-examine, hmm, you know, can I change my response to this? Am I looking at my spouse in the worst light or believing that he's got the best intentions? Mm -hmm. Or can I just speak up and say, I don't enjoy sex when it's all about you. That's why I don't want to have it. So learning to speak up hopefully has been a big uh, theme of our work together here. <laughs> I would hope so, because it's, <laughs> it's vital to, to changing and creating depth to your relationship, to your life, to your sex. Because part of speaking up is owning your point of the continuum, if you will. Because that's, that's right. one of the things I've loved. I can't say most, but, it, but I, I really have enjoyed your willingness, Gina, to own the low desire person. You know, because it's you. You know, I mean, you, you, you've been very open and candid about your journey right. in, in your sex life and in your marriage in the sense of, yeah, I, there were years where... I didn't know what was going on and I couldn't put a finger on it. And Paul would just get mad and frustrated because he couldn't put a finger on it. And we're both just kind of button heads with each other and fighting and mad and frustrated. And until it's finally like, wait, all right, I'm the low desire. That's not wrong. You know, that's, that's just me. So shifting yeah. and getting, well, in my case, I was able to, unlock that to to right unlock my unresponsiveness which was huge which is why i made the product that i did to try to help people but um to to now know that low desire doesn't mean untriggerable desire like <laughs> I, women are just wired differently right. so now i know most of the time i will enjoy myself right i don't have to be thinking about sex all day for paul to start kissing me and me to say hey this is a good idea yeah i kind of like this, where this may be leading I like this idea. So you can change. Your future is not dependent on your past exactly. by any means. Exactly. So acknowledge the fact that if you're high or low, you're not right or wrong. It, you're just high or low in the desire realm. So that's reality. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. To not take it personally. Even though it it does hurt, it does. Times now when I've been the high desire and Paul's low desire, I think, wow, this this sucks. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, so bad. Well, I mean, then you get into that perspective of, all right, well, now I get a chance to see something different. What can this teach me? What, what? Yeah. How can I create a new story? You know, how how could yeah. I rewrite my story into something? that's that's more in line with what I want more in line with who I am yeah and we want you to all know you are a sexual being if you have no sex drive 
or if your mate has no sex drive, it's not a problem. It is, it's something you can grow through together. Right. So we get so angry. The high desire spouse gets so angry at the low desire spouse. The low desire spouse is not even thinking about it. It's not on, it's not on her radar. So we want you to, to realize that if there's no sex drive, something is off. So look and see how can you release that sexual energy? How can you embrace it? How can you realize that love is at once physical and spiritual mm -hmm. and emotional? Your sexuality is, is a beautiful thing. And, and your femininity, your masculinity, it's just so beautiful. Right. We want you to appreciate it in each other and bring it out yep. for and that, each other. Because there's solutions out there. And, Absolutely. and sometimes we're just not asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. We're asking the same question over and over, expecting a different answer. And so maybe we need to work on, okay, there's, there's some solutions there. So what else could I ask? What else could be going on? You know, there, there could be a physical thing. And so an MD could help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Somebody that just does a little investigating with you. Because think about how many times we go to people that could truly help. I mean, I hear this from clients. I hear this from family members. I hear this from friends where they'll be telling me about something's going on and they'll tell me they went to the doctor on for something else. And I'm like, well, did you bring it up with them? No. <laughs> Why not? I mean, th there could be yeah. a possibility that something could be right there that could be easily fixed. And that would change everything. Yes, it's it. There's always a solution that I'm convinced of. There is. And and that's one of the favorite things I have that you have brought to this show, Gina, mm -hmm. is the, the there's always the possibilities out there that, that you could claim your power, that you could you could rewrite your story and create something spectacular, which which leads me to wherever you go next, I know is gonna be spectacular. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio with Gina Paris and Corey Allen, and we are glad that you joined us. If yes, you... join Corey next week. I'm sure it'll be a much racier show. <laughs> oh, yeah, so racy. <laughs> Just a guy talking sex by himself. No, there'll be other people on the show. I got, I got some guests lined up. It should be yep. a great journey. And so, Gina, thanks for everything you've offered to our community. I know our listeners have benefited. Because, yeah. because of your thoughts, your perspective, your femininity, your <laughs> sultry voice, all the things. That you... Oh, man. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Corey. Guys, whatever you do with your spouse, we hope you'll have at least a little more sex. Absolutely. Well, this has been great. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye, everybody.